was inspired by a testimony I heard just recently about a sister from, from one of our Australian fellowships. And she gave her testimony about something that had been weighing on her heart for a long time. And she made this comment is that we actually have to be really deliberate and we have to make room for joy. And she talked a little bit about this thing, which I'm going to talk a little bit about today because you've got to start there to get to the joy. And that's a thing called sorrow. Um, and uh, so we're going to have a little look at that today. And the encouragement today is for us to make room for the joy of the Lord in our life. Um, and we're going to go through a few scriptures today about that because it's such an encouraging thought because, because you're spirit filled, because we have the creator of heaven and earth in us, we do have some control. You, you, we are not people who are out of control. God has given us control through the Holy Spirit. So we can make room for the joy of the Lord in our, in our house and in, in, in our lives. So um, we're going to turn to some scriptures. I've got a few here today, so we're going to go through. Let's start in Genesis chapter 3. Um, Genesis chapter 3. Now, we all know what happened just uh, in this chapter at the beginning, and we've covered it recently, and and uh, we even heard about it last night in the uh, uh, um and the rumble in the jungle. Um, it was fantastic. So um, we're just going to pick it up here after um, uh, the uh, Adam and Eve have been tricked here. And the Lord makes a couple of statements here about the nature of man from this point onwards. So in Genesis 3 and verse 16, it says this. It says, And unto the woman he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. Um, in sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. Um, and then it goes on, and, and unto Adam he said, because you have not hearkened unto the voice, sorry, because you have hearkened unto the voice of your wife, and has eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying thou shalt not eat of it, cursed is the ground for thy sake, in sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of, of thy life. So the Lord's he's actually saying here is that, from this point on, in the lives of mankind, women and men, sorrow is going to be part of your nature. It's going to be part of your life um, to be uh, fit to feel, I guess we could throw some words around there, to feel down, to feel pain, to feel um, sorry, uh, to feel depressed, um, to feel overwhelmed. These are things that you're actually just going to have to deal with because it's part of the nature now that is in mankind because of sin. Before, it was cruisy day, call of the day, woo, walking with the Lord. It was fantastic. But now there would be sorrow in our lives. And it says here that we would actually contend with this in our life as natural people. And so, so sorrow entered in. And I wanted to make a couple of points about sorrow, and, and I'm probably plagiarizing a bit from, from our sister's testimony that, that I heard. She made this comment, which I thought was born out of um, wisdom and experience, was often when sorrow comes into our life in the form of an event or, or something that happens, it doesn't care what it pushes out of our life. It'll push out time. It'll take your joy. It'll take your confidence. It'll push away all of these things, and it doesn't care. Sorrow does not care. It'll come into your life, and it'll push these things out, and it will try and make, it'll try and live in your life and get comfortable. And at times, because our nature is, is that we're going to live with sorrow, sometimes we welcome it in. 
we don't realize that. I know in my life, sometimes I put out the welcome mat. Oh, come on in sorrow. <laughs> and, 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 and I just, you embrace it. Now, um, I think I've mentioned this before, but in, in, my, in, my, in my heritage, in my culture, the Portuguese do sorrow and melancholy way better than what the, West, the other Western countries do. We love a good sob. Well, you, you, and you, you may have seen things like the old Italian nonna who's in black for the rest of her life when she leaves her husband and she covers her head. and That's the culture. So when things go wrong, you embrace sorrow and it becomes you. And you do melancholy so well. So I, I, that's, that's in me naturally to, be, to, to embrace that stuff. And at times I've just welcomed it. Come on in, sorrow. I've been waiting for you. And then and get really comfortable with it. And like I said before, it comes into your life and it pushes out all the good stuff because it doesn't care. It comes in and kicks out all. You're not the son of God. What? Prayer doesn't work. When was the last time you had a prayer answered? Boom. And it just doesn't care. It just pushes things out of the way. And it's a real pain. And, and sometimes we hear testimonies um, of people that kind of entertained it for a long time for whatever reason. And, and I'm not saying it's good or bad, but I'm just saying this is what we contend with. And uh, we often dwell on it and uh, allow it to, to dwell for longer than actually we, we should. Um, and I know that's certainly my experience. I believe it's because it's actually part part of it now and the lord says actually you got to learn to contend with this and so when we when we receive the holy spirit we receive the joy of the lord the holy ghost the scriptures tell us that it's the love and the joy and the peace and it's the fruits but it is the joy of the holy ghost and so we actually have to consciously give that a place in our life we have to consciously say the joy of the lord is going to reign in my house because Life's going to throw some sorrow at you. Ladies and gents, we know that. We, we get it. We know the human condition. So I guess the encouragement today and the encouragement from the Lord is make room for joy by pushing out the sorrow. Make joy in your life um, a priority. Um, you know, even naturally, sometimes, you know, oh, sometimes when, you know, life can get quite heavy sometimes and then all of a sudden you, you have a good laugh. And you're like, oh, man, I needed that. That was just chicken soup for the soul, you know, and you just feel like, oh, that was fantastic. And in the Lord, we've got control over that because we've got the spring of joy. We've got access to it. We just um, need to stay real close to it and make room for it in our life. Praise the Lord. Let's go. I'm going to, uh, am I? Oh, maybe not, but I kind of am going to go chronologically kind of. Let's go to Exodus. Exodus 15. We should know this one quite well. It's on our, it's our theme and bits and pieces. And so we're going to read this. We know the scripture really well, verse one and two, but this is a statement of joy. Now you've, what's, what's happened here is, is they've been sorrow of the old life. The bondage has actually been pushed out by the redemption of the Lord. The Lord's knocked out the enemy, performed a mighty miracle in front of their eyes to give them something to hold on to. I mean, you imagine that. All of a sudden, two walls of water. 
I'd be running my hand through it going, woohoo, oh, snap a boom and take that. You'd be loving it, wouldn't you? And he did that for them. He could have just translated them and gone, whoop, but he actually took them through and, sh- oh, look, walls of water. Picture it. Oh, yeah, this is, oh, wow, wow. And that three, you know, roughly three million of them walked through there, and then they turned around and saw um, uh, the the horses and chariots of, of their former life, the bondage, the sorrow trying to creep, creep in. And the Lord, he put, he put a cloud in front of them so they couldn't, so, so they couldn't catch them. And then he discomforted them, as the scriptures kind of say. And then he closed it all in on them. He gave them that. That's a gift. A testimony is a wonderful gift of the joy of the Lord in someone's life. And we can just, we can just fill your bag, pick and mix. Beautiful. Yep, beautiful. Just fill your bag with the testimonies of what the Lord does. And Moses is here now. He's so he's so thankful. He's so full of the joy of the Lord. He writes a song. He writes this song in verse, and he actually sung. Now, I don't know if he could sing. Maybe he couldn't. Maybe that's why the Lord made him the leader because he couldn't sing. <laughs> the Lord's good like that. But he was so he was so joyful here that in verse one, it says, then sang Moses unto the children of Israel, this song unto the Lord and spake saying, I will sing unto the Lord for he has triumphed gloriously. Now he's recognizing that what has happened in this situation comes directly from the Lord. The Lord's triumphed. The horse and rider, the, my old life, the sorrow, the bondage, He's throwing it into the sea. He's got, he's just wiped it out. And the and then so so because of that, Moses says, the Lord is my strength, and that's what I'm going to sing about. And that's where, in a sense, when 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 we sing about something, we're dwelling on it. We're actually, we've put a melody and we're spending time around the word or words as, as it would be. He's my strength and he is my song. He is what I'm going to dwell on. And he has become my salvation. He is my rescuer. He is my God. He recognizes that he's with him and them. And I will prepare him a habitation. I'm going to clear a spot for this guy because he is awesome. I'm going to let him in. And part of that, I believe, is the joy of the Lord, knowing that you've been rescued, that you've been set free. You've been completely set free and you have power over the things that beset you in this natural life. And you're going to make a place for joy. You're going to make a place for your redeemer, for your rescuer. He's going to have the top chair in your life. Uh, My father's God and I will exalt him. And so he sings this out of this place of joy because he remembers the testimony. So there's a real tip there for us is that our testimonies that we share one with the other, with another that we come here and we and we glean from and and we take them from wherever we can in our times of fellowship they should be building up our joy and our hope and our love and enlarging the place where we have allowed joy to enter into our life um and so so there's a good example there of 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 Moses doing that and he's encouraging the people to do that as well uh, let's go to Psalm 13. Psalm th- actually, this probably is chronologically, actually. Beautiful. This is Psalm of David. Um, psalm 13. We're going to probably read the whole psalm here. It says, How long wilt thou forget me, O Lord, forever? 
How long wilt thou hide thy face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long shall mine enemy be exalted over me? This is just such a wonderful prose here, wonderful set of words that captures our time of, of trouble, right? We've probably all uttered these words in our hearts and our minds. How long is this going to go on for, Lord? I, I just don't know if I can take any more. And I, like, and I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily. In other words, I've given into it. It's kind of got me. It's beaten me. And uh, um, so what we get here is, is David knew. He understood. He understood our position. It says, consider and hear me, O Lord, my God. Lighten my eyes that I, uh, lest I, I sleep the sleep of death. Lest mine enemies say I have prevailed against him and those that trouble me rejoice when I am moved. But I have trusted in thy mercy. My heart shall rejoice in thy salvation. I will sing unto the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. So we get this sense here that David's realized the secret to getting out of our own head and pushing the sorrow back out of our life is to rejoice in our salvation, is to, is to make a place for the joy of our salvation. And it says, and I will sing unto the Lord. So I'm going to dwell on the things that he's done for me because he has dealt bountifully with me because he's reflecting on his life and saying, yeah, look at the things that he's done. He hasn't just done this for me. He's gone over and above what I wanted. This, this is the joy of the Lord. Yes, I'll experience some things um, that are uh, some sorrow or some heartache for a period of time, but it's not going to rule my life because I will rejoice in my salvation. And so it really puts um, front and center a recognition of what Christ has done for us and saving us each individually. And it doesn't matter if you came out of, out of the world or you, you've been brought up in a family you need to get really comfortable like in a family. Everyone's been brought up in a, well, most of them have been brought up in a family, but you've been brought up in the family of the Lord. Is that you need to get really comfortable that the Lord has saved you. You were saved. You needed rescuing, and the Lord has saved you. And that, that's the start of joy. That's what it's telling us here. So, really get to understand your testimony, understand what the Lord has really done for you. Understand and rejoice um, in what he saved you from, perhaps. Rejoice in your standing with the Lord. Make room for that. It's really easy for us to forget. We tend, when something like I was thinking about this today and I, and I, and I was sitting there and writing this down and I thought, hang on, just, just, do, just, I like to have a little exercise for myself sometimes. I went, okay, think of the last time, Sash, when, when you did something good or something good happened, I was thinking, oh. oh. Now think of something that's bad. Oh, boom, 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 boom. Just naturally, we kind of, we just gravitate to the bad stuff. And, and, and then you go, yeah, yeah, praise the Lord. This is really good. This is really good. And then it just kind of, dis we kind of naturally, I don't know, maybe you guys don't, but it just seems like the joy sometimes and the really good stuff just tapers off really quickly. But it's like the sorrow just kind of is just consistent. You're like, oh, what? I can just find that stuff really easily in my life. No, that's not the way it should be. 
And uh, and that's what kind of got me thinking about this after I heard the sister's testimony about actually, no, I've got to this. I've got to make sure that that's what's consistent in my life, not all the other stuff. And that's what David's saying here. He's saying, yeah, I understand. I, I know what it's like to feel sorrow, but actually I can rejoice in what the Lord's done for me. And you think about what the Lord did for David. I mean, this guy did the wrong thing. He committed murder and adultery in one hit. He rolled up what many of us might think are the worst things you could possibly do, and he rolled it up into one, one action. Like, and, and the Lord found it in it to forgive him and keep him in the kingship. Just, and then he's the great, 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 great grandfather of Jesus Christ, just sewed him in to the, to the tree of the Lord. It's, it's a great story. And so David knew. He knew what it was like to make a mistake. He knew what it was like to be forgiven. And he knew what it was like to dwell on the good things and the bad. And he chose to, to dwell on the good stuff. Uh, praise the Lord. Because he would have had some things in his closet that he, he had to deal with as well. So just, yeah, praise the Lord. Great stuff. Um, Isaiah. Let's go to Isaiah. Isaiah 61. This is a really good, obviously, Jesus Christ quotes this at the start of his ministry, but this is actually a prophecy of what Jesus' ministry was, but it's also a prophecy of what our ministry is. And you'll see this in here, or, or our service to the Lord. This is the things that we're going to do. If you ever wanted to know, how do I serve the Lord? This is the list. Um, it says, the spirit of the Lord in verse one is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. Now, preach is a great word because it can also mean teach. It also sounds like teach too. It can also, it also sounds like reach. So it's like this teaching, reaching, preaching example of actually taking out what the Lord has done in your life. So you've got to know that first, right? You've got to, that's got to take precedence and you, and you can take it out. It's fantastic. He has sent me to, uh, to bind up the brokenhearted to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of, of the prison to them that are bound. And that's exactly what happens when we take the word of God into a situation. It does all of those things. When we teach it, when we live it, when we examplize it, that's just a word I made up, but we, we, we testify of it. In verse 2, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, this is, this is now the time of the Lord. It's not in the future. Don't wait for it. it don't worry about tomorrow. The Lord is here today. Don't worry about what happened in the past. It's here today. Today's your day. It's no coincidence. I, I often say that when I speak to people there, I don't believe that it's a coincidence that I'm here talking to you about the things of the Lord today. This has been orchestrated. This is the acceptable time of the Lord now for you to hear this. And it says, in the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto, unto them that mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes. This is a good one too. We sing this quite a lot. Does anyone know what beauty means? Someone might. I've got no chocolate bar. Do you know what it's referring to? It's, obviously, you guys see beauty all the time, but um, it, it's not referring to that. It's actually talking about a headdress. It's a crown of beauty is what it's referring to because the woman in Israel had these, these beautiful head things. And when they were in a state of mourning, they took it off and put, as we know, sackcloth and ash on them. So he said, no, no, I'm going to give you a crown of beauty. I'm going to turn your mourning and your sorrow into this position of, a, of being exalted. You're going to have a crown of beauty. So I so, um, gave them a crown for the ashes. What a good trade. Um, the oil of joy for mourning. 
It's going to give us the vehicle for joy for, to, con, to confront the sorrow in our life, which is the Holy Ghost, of course. We know that. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Now, in light of the great talk that we had on Wednesday night, size me up. Give me the coat, the garment of praise. Beautiful. Let me put it on. I'm putting, like, thanks, Lord. What else do you want me to put? The scarf of something? Um, I'll put it all on. I'll take it. The garment of praise, that's going to be something that we wear, that we praise the Lord. And I hear it all the time in, in, the, in the saints. The saints, you hear them all the time, da-da-da-da-da-da, and good or bad. And they always say, oh, praise the Lord anyway, or praise the Lord. And you're thinking, yeah, that's the garment of praise. They're like, no, well, God's going to be glorified in this. Yep, I'm, uh, you know, sometimes you go, yeah, I've got a stink attitude. The situation stink, but praise the Lord anyway. That's a garment of praise. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, for the sorrow in our life. We've got this jacket we can put on. I call it, it's a garment. You might think it's a, a gaiter. Anyone know what a gaiter is? Yeah, on your shoes, your little gaiter. I know what they are because I had to buy them and look ridiculous in them, but it's, it's all good. But it's something we can put on for the spirit of, of heaviness, for the things that weigh heavy on us, that they might be called the trees of righteousness. The solid people of God's, of God's way. That's who you are. The planting of the Lord. That's you. That he might be glorified. Oh, it's fantastic scripture. And they shall build the old wastes. They shall raise up the former desolations. And they shall repair the waste cities and desolations of many generations. And strangers shall stand and feed your flocks. And the sons of the alien... That's foreigners, not um, of the alien shall be your plowmen and your vine dressers, and you shall be named the priests of the Lord. Men shall call you ministers of our God. Wow. You shall eat the riches of the Gentiles, and in their glory shall you boast yourselves. For your shame you will have, um, you shall have double, and your and for confusion, in other words, for the things that have brought us to shame, you're going to have a double blessing here. It's not saying you're going to have double amounts of being shamed. It's going to be, there's going to be a turnaround. And for confusion, they shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore, in, in their land, they shall possess the double. Everlasting joy shall be unto them. That's the promise made to us. Even the people of this world will work well for us. They'll, they don't realize it, but the Lord will work them for our benefit that his name might be glorified, that people will see that we're the planting of the Lord. And everlasting joy shall be unto them. That's us. Praise the Lord. Fantastic. Fantastic stuff. Um, Isaiah 35. Let's go there. We're in the neighborhood. Isaiah 35. Now, as I was, when he's speaking these things to the people, this is just um, this is just prior to um, uh, to the uh, to the Assyrians and the Babylonians taking them captive. So they thought they were still in a pretty cool place here. Got a king, yeah, we're pretty awesome. But actually, they were in for some some discipline, and they were going to they were going to copper, and things weren't going to go so well for them. Um, and in, uh, sorry, uh, yeah, so this is when he's writing Isaiah 35 and uh, verse 10. It says, and, and the ransomed of the Lord shall return. The ones that have, that the ransom's been paid, 
The world's held you to ransom and the Lord's paid it that you could be free. And that price was the death of Jesus Christ, the son of God. And it says, and came to Zion with songs and everlasting joy upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Now, this is, this is again, a twofold prophecy. This is, this is uh, the Lord saying people will return to Jerusalem, Mount Zion. They'll, re they'll return there and they'll return there singing. And we're going to look a little bit about that in a second. Nehemiah, Ezra, those guys went back there and they rejoiced. But it's also talking about the return of Jesus Christ. Mount Zion features heavily in the return of Jesus Christ, and we will go there, and we will, we will rule, and we will reign around the throne with him, and we will obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. This is the fullness of God, and it's ours, and we've made a place for it, and we'll recognize it when the Lord comes back because we've already made a home for joy. We've already made a place to rejoice in the things that God has done for us. Um, yes, so that so that's good there. Um, so let's go to Nehemiah while we're there. So see, I told you it would be chronologically, even though we're going backwards in the word, now we're going forward in time. Uh, Nehemiah chapter 8, and I'll, I'll read a little bit here because it's kind of cool. Most of us know the story here, Nehemiah. Um, Ezra's gone before him, and they and they went back and started to to rebuild the city. And then Nehemiah says to Artaxerxes, "There's a good name for you." Um, I was a bit disappointed that Abby didn't choose to call Noah at Artaxerxes. <laughs> no, I'm not. It's a fantastic name. Praise the Lord, and we can't wait to meet him. Amen. Yeah. Yes. If you haven't met him already, or oh, some people probably have. Jane probably has, but I haven't yet. But that's cool. Something that's a, there's some joy in that, isn't it? When you have a kid, it's just like oh, this is the greatest thing ever. Even when things go bad, it's still awesome. Fantastic, praise the Lord. Okay, blah, 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 blah. Um, yep, let's read a little bit here. So, yeah, so Nehemiah, he's asked to go back. Um, Artaxerxes allows him to do that and paves the way for that to happen. Praise the Lord. The Lord was obviously in that, and now they've rebuilt the wall, they've gone there and fulfilled what they were meant to do, and they had some hardship. And we know the story. They're fighting with, whoop, with one hand and building with the other. And then, uh, and then they've finished the wall. It's awesome. That's in the chapters prior. And then it says this. And all the people in verse 1 gathered themselves together as one, as one man. That's kind of cool. The unity into the street that was before the water gate. And they spake unto Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses which the Lord had commanded to Israel. The people have come together as one and they want to get stuck into the word here. Bring it out. Yes. This is a great time. And Ezra, the priest brought the law before the congregation, both of men and women and all that could hear with understanding upon the first day of the seventh month. And he read therein before the street that was before the water gate from the morning until midday. There's a talk for you. Um, before the, the men and the women and those that could understand and the ears of all the people were attentive unto the book of the law, like they were just rejoicing and hearing the truth of the word of the Lord that was spoken and recorded by Moses. And Ezra the scribe stood upon a pulpit of wood, which they had made for, the, for this purpose. And, and um, um, beside him, all these guys are there. And verse 5, and Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, for he was above all the people. And when he opened it, all the people stood up. A great respect for it. 
And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered, Amen. We read a little bit about that at Christmas camp, didn't we? About how all the people said, Amen, to the curses, to remind themselves that actually this was going to happen as well. But also we see it here as well. They blessed the Lord, and all the people answered, Amen. So be it. Amen, with lifting up their hands and they bowed their heads and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Um, and then in verse 9, and Nehemiah, which is the, 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 the Tershasha, and Ezra, the priest, the scribe, and Levites that taught the people, said unto all the people, This day is holy unto the Lord your God. Mourn not, nor weep. For all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. Then he said unto them, go your way, eat the fat and drink the sweet and send portions unto them for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy unto your, our, our Lord. Neither be ye sorry, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Here's another key for us. The word of God makes our heart leap, even in times of difficulty or in times of rejoicing. It is there as a mechanism to help us clear a, 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 a position in our heart and mind for the joy of the Lord. And that is our strength. The joy of the Lord, knowing who he is, knowing what he said, being comfortable with uh, loving Jesus by fulfilling his commandments, that's the joy. And we do that, right? We know these things. Um, and, uh, um, and, and so as near my head, neither be ye sorry. It's a great time of rejoicing, a wonderful scripture, making room for the joy of the Lord because it brings hope and answers our questions and it sets us free. Praise the Lord. Great stuff. Let's go to Luke chapter one. I'm going to sing a song for you. <coughs> me, me, me. If you went to choir, that's that's one of our warm-up exercises. <laughs> Sometimes we get people knocking on the door saying, what are you guys doing? No, 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 we don't. That's good fun. Where is it? Uh, Luke chapter one. Now, this, is, this is a great story. And um, um, I know for me and, and, and maybe Al, for us personally, we've spent a lot of time in this chapter. And uh, it, it, it means a lot because it's such a special thing here is that um, the angel comes to Mary and says, you are going to conceive and you're going to give birth to the son of God. He's going to be, he's going to dwell inside you. And hopefully you're starting to make the connections with the type there. He's going to dwell inside you. And, uh, um, and, and, and you've been chosen. To hold, to hold the Son of God in you. You're the temple, the physical temple here of, of, of the Lord, Jesus Christ. And it's a really awesome story. And then and if, if you've got in some, in some uh, of Bibles, it says Mary's song. So you might recognize the words. And if you went last night, you probably will. So we pinched Mary's song off her. Because it's such a wonderful thing. My soul doth magnify the Lord. That's the, that's the church version. 
um, in verse 46, it says, and Mary said, my soul does magnify the Lord. It means her very being, uh, Luke 1, uh, uh, 46. It's like the Lord is enlarged in her life. My soul is in, enlarged because I understand the privilege here that the Savior of the world is now in me. And she says, and my spirit has rejoiced in God, my Savior. She's saying things that haven't even necessarily come to pass yet. Here's a lady who's pregnant out of wedlock in a society that that's a no-go. She's in a bit of trouble here in the case of society. And here she is. She's pregnant with the Son of God, and she's saying, I rejoice in God my Savior. God is my Savior, and he's now in me. And, and, and I guess if you've received the Holy Spirit, you know exactly what she's saying here. And he says, for he has regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden. She's referring to herself. For behold, from henceforth, all generations shall call me blessed. Ever said that to yourself? Ever said, oh, the Lord has seen me and I'm just, I'm just Joe Blow here. I'm nothing special. And from now on, the generations are going to say that I'm blessed because I have the Holy Spirit. I'm the temple of the living God. I'm blessed. You're going down in history, people. Just like Mary, Mary did here. It's, it's the same. It's a type of a spirit-filled Christian. It says, for he that is mighty has done to me great things, and holy is his name. She's rejoicing in the testimony that she has in a really bad situation. And, and I, I guess I, I can't, it's hard for us to understand what a precarious situation that she found herself in here. This was not a good position to be in, out of wedlock with a baby. And she couldn't, she couldn't explain it. <laughs> it, it would have been very, very difficult for her. But amongst all of that, she's seen the testimony of the Lord and, and she's found the joy in the situation. And she, she could have been, oh, no, oh, oh, what am I going to do? We can, how am I going to feed the baby? How, how am I going to deal with this? But she recognizes, for he that is mighty has done to me great things. He, and, and he's going to continue to do it. And holy is his name. Um, and, and his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. Now she's just, she's riffing here now. She's giving out wisdom for all time. And this is, the, this is where we sit now, folks. The Holy Spirit has now made its home in us. The Bible says uh, in John that in that day you will know that I'm in the Father and he's in me and we're in you. When you receive the comfort of the Holy Ghost and we become the temple of the living God and we represent that and we make a place for that because there's joy in that. There's joy in dwelling on that, to sit down and consider your Acts 2 moment. Think about it. 
Rejoice in it. Go, reflect on it. Go back to it. Rejoice in it. For he has done great things in your life. There's a power in your testimony that maybe all of us haven't quite really realized how you unlock the fullness of it. But make a place for it because it'll get you through the toughest time you'll ever experience on this life, reflecting on God, your Savior. Um, Philippians 4. Oh, maybe, maybe, maybe we, we won't go there. Let's go to James 1. We'll go to James 1 just for time and then one more quickly just to finish. James 1. Um, not too far. James 1. Uh, uh, and verse 2, it says, My brethren, counter all joy when you fall into different kinds of temptations. We say that with confidence, don't we? Yeah, we can handle this. The Lord is with us, and it's an opportunity for him to be glorified in, in our moment of need, in our moment of weakness. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience, and let your patience have a perfect work that you may be perfect or complete and entire wanting nothing, not needing anything else. You don't need any other answer. You've got the completeness of the fullness of God in you, if we continue to be patient and wait on the Lord and hope in him and be joyful about even being in a trial because the name's Lord will, the Lord's name, I should say, will be glorified in it. This is a great promise to us. Let's finish in First Peter. First uh, Peter. And, I, and, and, and so my encouragement is, Make a place, make this the high priority in your life to be built up. To build up your reserves of joy by reflecting on your own testimony, by sharing it, by getting to the meetings and hearing the testimony, rejoicing around the, the word that we might come together as one man in the street, as we read before, to rejoice in hearing the word of God and that we realize that it pushes out the sorrow and the things in our life, and it gets rid of it, and it replaces it with, with the, the joy of the Lord, and that is our strength, and that is the Holy Ghost. And the Lord has made his house in you. He's come to live in us, and he wants us to reflect that and make sure that it never moves from the special place in our life, and it takes precedence. And in First Peter 1, um, It says in verse 5, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. That's us. Wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations. You can even find the time to rejoice in your Savior in the tough times. Why? Because in verse 7, that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen you love and whom, though now you see him not yet believing, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. This is why joy is so important in our life. And maybe naturally, we don't have a disposition just to jump all over it and make it 
and we allow sorrow and things in our life to kind of push things out. And that's okay. That's, that's, that we understand that that's, that is going to happen, but we know the way back, right? We know how to build ourselves up in the Holy Ghost, praying in it, reading the word, getting to the fellowship, saturating ourselves in the testimony of the God and of God that we might be found unto praise and honor and to his glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. We've been saved, folks. We're in a wonderful position. We've got so much to be rejoicing about in our lives. And uh, we want to continue just to encourage each other to keep the faith, to keep the joy, to keep going, to keep sowing, to keep growing, so that we might be, as we read before, the planted of the Lord. We've been established by him. He's weeding us. He's gardening with us. He's looking after us, that we might bring forth the fruit of praise, that we might give him the glory for what he's done in our life. And we just are so joyful and thankful for our salvation and this wonderful privileged position that we find ourselves in filled with the Holy Ghost. It's such an awesome thing. Make room for joy. Praise the Lord. Amen.